Well, back like we never left. Jay's Sports Bar makes its return just in time for week two of the Boise State football season. Welcome on into the show. I'm your host, Jay Tust. And once again, throughout the regular season, I will be joined every week by one of the most knowledgeable football resources throughout the Treasure Valley, Shane Williams. Rhodes, you excited to get this thing going again? I am. Ready to be back for season three? Yeah. Let's get this show on the road. Yeah, well, we have plenty to talk about. Coming up on the show today, we're obviously going to react to whatever happened in Corvallis, Oregon State knocking off Boise State 34-17 in the season opener. We're going to preview uh, the game to come, New Mexico, Boise State, Friday at 7 o'clock. But we begin with what everybody is talking right now, and that is the Boise State quarterback what controversy competition conundrum whatever you want to call it for a program that has had such stability from that specific position for 20 some odd years right now there's a whole lot of uncertainty as they head into week two what was your take on what you saw from the quarterbacks in in, in Oregon State well I'm gonna just address the elephant in the room you know <laughs> no one wants to say it but Hank's got to be better uh, I mean, just looking at everything, I've talked to multiple people. I've had a lot of people take all their frustrations out on me, you know, like I'm still in the program. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they let me hear it. So I heard what a lot of people think about this. And uh, I've gotten a few different things. I've gotten, you know, well, the defense didn't play well. Well, Taylor didn't do better. And I've gotten all this. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I can always come back to is this is Hank's fourth year starting. He's seen over 30 games. You know, he's gotten the reps. And some of the mistakes that we saw were just, yeah. like, day one things. So, Taylor comes in, you know, in the early in the second quarter. But Hank's first first pick, he threw it into cover two man. It's a go ball. Cover two man. I wanna, I, I, let me ask you about this really quick, too, because um, the moment he releases that thing, it kind of was like, seems like that's not a great decision. It proved to not be a great decision. Not only did he throw it in, into double coverage, he also kind of underthrew it into double coverage, which – I mean, it really couldn't get much worse for that. So focusing on that throw right there, as you said, Hank's, Hank's a fourth-year starting quarterback. He has played in a lot of football games. Mm -hmm. how, how alarming is that play in itself? It kind of tells me maybe his progression as far as reading defenses is not where they're telling us it is, mm -hmm. you know, because, I mean, like you said, anyone watching the game can see when the ball's in the air, there's a guy deep and then a guy on him. So... It's tough, you know, and maybe if we have a Khalil Shakir, a Cedric Wilson, a Thomas Spurback, a Matt Miller out there, mm -hmm. I might, you know. Somebody bails you, know, you out. Give, yeah, you know, someone yeah. who can, but we have not, as this game has showed us, we yeah. don't have a guy yet. Yeah. So I don't think that we can, we don't have that ability to do that yet. I think there's a guy, you know, Steph Cobbs, there's a lot of belief in him, some other guys in that receiving core, um, but but they need time to, to prove it and, well, accurate throws to prove it for that matter, too. When you, you look at how it went from there, you know, Hank was on the field for six possessions. In those six possessions, Boise State either went three and out or they turned the ball over. So, I mean, like, I, I, I hate – man, I, Shane, I hate being critical. Like, I like mm -hmm. seeing you guys do well for, for Boise State, right? Yeah. But in this case, like, there, there just isn't much positivity to, to spread or find. So, it, it really couldn't get much worse in the six drives when he was on the field. The second throw, his second interception, that is. He overthrows a guy just, just kind of running across her. I mean, and again, it wasn't even close. I know that these guys can say that they have been built and they've been training for all this adversity and being able to react for the unpredictable and all this stuff. And this team has taken a lot of pride in that, right? But at the same time, when your quarterback six plays in, clearly just isn't there. And, and Tim Ply, the offensive coordinator, said it took him about six plays to realize, hey, some, something was off with Hank. Mm -hmm. I mean – 
you can sugarcoat this or give it as much coach speak as you want, but that has to be hard for an offense to bounce back from. Six plays in, your fourth-year starting quarterback is, is so off that they're talking about pulling him. That, that has to affect the rest of the offense. For sure. Like you said, you brought up that play that he just overthrows the guy. I, you know, so I watched the game three times, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> I kind of tend to dive into things and just look at things, you know, looking for different concepts and stuff that yeah. they're running. But um, on the second interception, that was a play and an interception that I watched a few times, and I was just wondering, like, it's a ball you would, if Tank threw that ten times today at practice, he would not have overthrown the right. interception. It's like, where did it? Where did it come from? Yeah, he could have threw it in the dirt. We punt the ball. We live to see another. Day. Right. But it was just rough. I mean, well, now we're in our own territory. We mm -hmm. threw the ball, uh, and then you go like you fast forward to the next drive that we get a we punt the ball on. We get to third down. We run a stick concept. It's third and seven. We run a stick concept. The receiver runs a stick route at five yards, even though we need to get seven. Mm -hmm. Well, we run the stick route, which for the guys who don't know out there listening, mm -hmm. you know, it's we're running basically vertical about five yards inside, and you're stopping and turn around. Well, we run that. And you have a running back running a swing route out of the backfield to that same side. Mm -hmm. So, believe it or not, my wife, who hates when I watch <laughs> these games, she's like, why are you watching that again? You've already seen it twice. Uh. It's annoying. I want to watch a show. But if you, I asked my wife, actually, uh, I said, can you tell me who's wide open on this play? Uh -huh. And she says, nobody's covering the running back. I mean, it's your easiest Dial throw. Dial it up, Andrea. It, it's, it's your easiest throw. It's a swing route. It's, it's there. You know, you run that stick route to see what that backer's going to do. And the backer, they go straight to the stick. Yeah. And he catches it. We get tackled two yards behind the line. And now we punt the ball. But it's just like simple stuff like that. I mean, that's, a, that's probably a concept they put in on day one. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's just small things like that. I feel like the progression, I mean, I don't think we're there yet. Mm -hmm. It's tough. There's yeah. quite a few of those. I, I want to get into other parts of the offense here in just a minute, but we've talked about Hank and, and we'll, we'll even, we'll bring it back to Hank here in just a second, but focusing on Taylor for a second, we have heard he is the, he is the fastest or second fastest player on the team. Uh, his, he is an athletic freak. Um, there are certain things within the offense that he has, a, he has had a tough time executing but overall, he goes 15 of 28 for 155 yards. He also rushes 11 times for 102 yards, including a 74-yard touchdown. What, what did you make of Taylor Green's performance? Uh, like I, when I told you earlier, I said a lot of people gave me a different, some different opinions. Someone mm -hmm. told me that Taylor played just as bad. So, you know, the person I do this show with uh, is a stat guy. So <laughs> I looked up the stats, mm -hmm. and the stats say Taylor Green's completion percentage was 67%. Mm -hmm. The starting quarterback for Oregon State was 60. Yeah. And no one would come out and say he played bad at all. Yeah. He threw two interceptions. Mm -hmm. Hank had 50%. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're sitting there. QBR-wise, Oregon State starting quarterback, 79. Mm -hmm. Taylor Green is 74. Okay. Hank, 0.8. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that before. He was <laughs> below one. And so I'm like... I'm looking at the game, and if I break the game up from when Taylor went in and when Hank went in, yeah. Hank was zero to seventeen, Taylor was seventeen to seventeen. If we break it down like that, okay. Taylor, when he was in, we got seventeen points scored gotcha. on us. We scored seventeen. Okay. And, and when Hank, Hank was in, none. We scored none, right. and seventeen was scored on us. I hear you. You break it down and kind of look at it. I mean, on top of that, Taylor was the leading rusher in the whole game, mm -hmm. both sides. Right. 
um, I think Taylor went in and executed a game plan that was meant for an entirely different quarterback. True. And I think that that's an important part of this. Um, that's a very important part of this. I mean, Taylor last week, he's barely getting any reps with the Blues, which is the number one, you know, first string offense for, mm -hmm. for Boise State. This week, Andy Avalos has already said that, hey, back on Monday, that first, that first uh, practice of the week, which is an important one that sets the tone for the rest of the week, both Hank and Taylor were splitting reps with mm -hmm. that, first, that first string offense. We'll make our predictions of who starts against New Mexico in, in a minute here. But um, that, that's something that, that should be addressed. You know, Taylor was kind of operating on the fly, if you will. You're a coach now, if you can't tell, decked out yeah. in Columbia High School gear. Go Tim, Cats. Tim Plow earlier this week said that, you know, he, want, he, he as good as, you know, the, the flashes that Taylor showed were obviously positive, but he wanted to see a lot more. And, and Taylor was far from good in, in his eyes. You look at a 74-yard touchdown run, this is a great play to pinpoint because it kind of sums up everything that Taylor Green is bringing to the table right now, it seems. Taylor misses two wide-open wide receivers. Instead, he tucks the ball and runs 74 yards. So on one hand, you're like, dang it, why didn't he execute the offense? On the other hand, you're like, man, there goes that, there goes that dude we know that can run a little bit. Mm -hmm. So as a coach, what do you, how would you kind of assess that? The way I kind of see it is, even coming into a game, so if I had, I'm going to start off with this, because yeah. my wife is going to hate football by the end of the season <laughs> this year. So now, now that I'm coaching too, yeah. uh, I asked her today, I said, if you were going to start a photography business and you were going to, you know, do weddings, yeah. I said, if I told you to start your business, I'm going to buy you either a 32 mega, megapixel camera, yep. which I don't think that's good anymore. That's like Nokia back in the day, but <laughs> that's just my reference. So yeah. 32 gig, uh, mega, megapixels. Yeah. One camera that does that and it can only take pictures, or I got you a 28 megapixel camera that can also do video. Okay. Which one would you want me to buy you to start your business? And she thought on that little bit yeah. and she started asking, well, she, her first question was, well, what services do I offer? I said, well, with this camera, you can, you can offer me more services, yeah. and in the other one, you Slightly can't. Slightly less quality, right? but yeah. you, the, agreed, you, you can do you more do for me. You do more things. And so you can, you can, your business can offer more, okay. right? She said, okay, yeah, I'm going to take the one with the video. And I told her, I said, there you go right there. That's Taylor Green and Hank Bachmeyer. Yeah. You have a better passer, but a guy who can't, the video part, he can't run the ball. Yeah. If things break down, we got some problems coming. That's right. where the fumbles come in because mm -hmm. we, we have nowhere to go. Right. You have Taylor who can throw it, not as well, but he can give you something more, mm -hmm. which is if things break down, we now can make plays happen. Mm -hmm. That's where you get 74-yard runs when maybe there is a guy open but I have the ability to do other things. Right. I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that, with that. My personal belief, if this team, this 2022 Boise State football team wants to be the best that it can be with the players that they currently have available to them mm -hmm. and go as far as humanly possible, they need Hank Bachmeyer to be at his best. That being said, this is also an offense that has had trouble finding consistency, right? And um, establishing a, a rhythm and a presence that keeps them ahead of the chains, which opens up their playbook to do more. On first and second down, they're often so unproductive that now they, they become predictable for an opposing defense, which we want to talk about sacks and everything, which was actually an area where Boy State was okay at against Oregon State. They didn't give up any, very many sacks. I can't remember if they gave up one. But um, that, that, that was an area where they were, where they were better in terms of pass protection. 
But Talon has this little ability mm -hmm. where something breaks down, he goes and gets three or four yards. And it might not seem like a lot at the time, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden, second and six is so much better than yeah. second and ten, right? It's great. I agree. I uh, watched the second to last drive that Hank had. We were pinned back. We were like on the ten yard line. I think we ended on maybe the three. Yeah. Um, the least amount of pressure that they brought was six guys. They brought seven, mm -hmm. and they brought six. Then they brought seven again. So this is telling me that we know you you have to you're going to run the ball, and we don't have to worry about the quarterback pulling it. Mm -hmm. So they're sending internal pressure. They're not even bringing it off the edge. They're just sending it, and they know that they can play inside out, and Hank's not going to outrun them to the sideline. Interesting. So I can send pressure. You know, I'm not I'm not threatened at all. So that's what they did. And then after that, Hank comes in again. What they do the, his last drive? They sent pressure. It broke down. The po pocket collapsed. Mm -hmm. And Hank didn't actually even get tackled, I don't believe. I believe the ball got knocked out. He got and an he offensive kind of line pushed into him a little yeah. bit, and he dropped it. And, and th I got to say, that was an alarming moment for me, too, because Hank was so, I think Hank was such in shock there. You could see after that play, I don't even know if there was time for him to go dive on a ball, right? Yeah. But I'm just saying, he just kind of stood there for a moment, and, he, and it was like, what, this could not start yeah. any worse. What is happening? And that was his last play of the game. Yeah. Taylor Green comes on. Um, I want to bring it back to you talking about kind of the, the pressures and stuff because Boise State is going to deal with that this week in Albuquerque, mm -hmm. going up against Rocky Long, who is now back at, at New Mexico as the defensive coordinator. But first, in your mind, I, I'm gonna, I, need, I need two answers out of you here. Who do you think starts at quarterback, <laughs> and, who do you, and who would you start at quarterback against New Mexico? Um, not being able to see how well New Mexico has played this year. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say this, you know. <laughs> Bronco Nation, please don't have my head. Yeah. I think with it being Rocky Long and me playing against Rocky Long yep. and me knowing what he's going to come out here and do, he's going to bring pressure. Yep. And it doesn't matter if you start being, getting a little successful, he's still going to bring pressure. Yep. And with that being said, you know, as much as I want to say Hank has to be back there because of just where we are right now, mm -hmm. You might have to go into this game where now your game plan is going to change. We're going to do a lot of boot. Mm -hmm. Move around. Move, move it. Let Taylor move around. He sees, okay, I can throw it to the flats. I can throw it to a crossing route. If not, tuck and run. Right. Run out of bounds. It's not a sack. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, throw it away. We have options. I just don't know how confident I am with knowing that Rocky Long is going to bring pressure mm -hmm. with how Hank can, can handle it. Mm -hmm. You know, our pass game wasn't the best. Yeah. So... It's, I think we're just putting him in a tough spot it's, it, if we put him out there. So, yes, I think I'm going to have to roll with Taylor. Okay. Well, I wanted two answers. Who do you, so you, you would roll with Taylor. Yeah. Taylor. Who do you actually think goes out there? I think they're going to go out there with Hank Bachmeyer. I, I, I agree. I, I do think Hank gets the start. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's interesting because the way that Rocky Long will attack this offense is it's different. As you said, when Hank's there, you might bring in that, that mm -hmm. pressure from the inside. And straight up, Boise State's – the, the interior of that offensive line struggled against against uh, Oregon mm -hmm. State. Kekanio Koahola Malia Gonzalez, he's got an awesome name and tons of syllables, and everybody believes in him over there at Boise State as that starting center. They missed him last year desperately. They say that he brings this physicality, this present, this presence, his knowledge. He makes everybody around him better. Last last week it seemed like the game was moving very fast for him. I don't think it was it, well, I know that it was not a lack of effort because you could see him out there trying. I just think that the game moved a little fast for him at times and it didn't come together the way that he would have wanted it to. I think of everybody out there, that's a guy that's gonna be so excited to get down to, to, to Albuquerque and play another football game on Friday. 
Um, but if they bring that interior pressure, they're going to test that in the interior of that offensive line again mm -hmm. to where if it's Talon, maybe that pressure comes from the outside and you, and you try to keep him in the pocket, right? Yeah, you got to step up and throw. So it, it's just going to it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And, and you're going against a guy in Rocky Long, man, that he has seen everything come hell or high water. He's going to bring pressure yeah. in the red zone. He is not, he he is not going to let you run the football. Right. I and do. so you're, you're going up against a team where we talk about the Jimmys and the Joes versus the X's and the O's. Right. And and Rocky Long is a dude that can dial up the X's and the O's. Mm -hmm. Boise State on paper has the best Jimmys and the Joes. So we're going to see if, who wins out in this matchup. What what are you looking forward to specifically about this game? I do like the fact that we don't know who's going to be the quarterback because mm -hmm. this obviously puts pressure on Rocky Long. Yeah. Because now you got to install or go in with two different game plans. Yeah. You know, if Taylor's going to be in there, I'm going to send pressure from the, you know, the outside and make this guy step up and make a throw. Right. If Hank's in there, I'm sending pressure internally, and I want him moving. Yeah. Hank's the guy I want moving. I want my guys chasing him down. So it's two different game plans. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you're going to bring pressure like that, uh, some pressures that you're going to bring – you know, if you're going to be bringing seven, they're going to be manned up. So corners are going to be sitting on short things. If the ball guys come out fast, if, you know, just different things that go into that. So it's a lot uh, that goes into game plan against two different quarterbacks, especially when they're total opposites. Right. That throws things off. I'm yep. hoping that we don't come out and do the thing where you switch every quarter, every drive. Just go, go with a guy yeah. and give him his opportunities. And if it doesn't work out, then you got to right. make the switch. I think this is – I don't I, – I don't know – I don't see that happening. I don't think this is. I don't think we're at the point in this QB competition controversy conundrum, whatever it is, yet where it's like, you get one series, I get the next series, or you get one quarter, I get the next quarter. Maybe it evolves to that. I don't. I definitely don't think that that we're at that point yet. I think it's Hank. I think it's Hank's job, and there's probably a lot on the line for Hank this game. In all honesty, mm -hmm. because if they have to pull him again for inefficiency or or, or a lack of performance then a tough decision probably comes easier moving forward. You have a guy that has been under center for four years, mm -hmm. has played a lot of football, and you have a guy that is an athletic freak that shows he has a, a very high ceiling um, mm -hmm. but is still learning and is waiting his, his turn in his first start. So is it the future? Is it the presence? I, or present? I don't, I don't know. But we're, we're on the verge of finding out here in a couple of days. I do think it kind of helps us because now going into this game, they will have a game plan, and they will practice mm -hmm. with Taylor having yep. a separate game plan. Totally. So when he comes in the game, things that help his, mm -hmm. you know, his strengths and things that we're not going to play to his weaknesses. Yeah. So I, I think that'll help. That, out. That's like a real thing too, because you know Tim Plow kind of comes from a, a, the offensive coordinator, kind of comes from a West Coast offense background, right? And that's typically where you script out what 15 or so plays, I don't, maybe upwards of 20, but probably like 15 ish, yeah. and like I, Hank barely got to that that number yeah. so like you, you really are going to try to adjust on the fly and and um we'll see it, it is just it, it is a little it, it's just an unfamiliar topic to even discuss right yeah. Shane I mean we're, we're talking about Boise State one of the winningest football programs in college football history every single other FBS program in the entire country Alabama Ohio State every one of them has had a losing season since Boise State last had a losing season. Their success is unprecedented. But you look over the course of the Andy Avalos era, they're 7-6. and six. If you really want to rope in the final game 
of the 2020 season when they lost to San Jose State, they are now 7-7 seven and seven in a 14-game window. I mean, that, that, it, it, is, it is crazy to, to put Boise State football or paint that kind of picture about Boise State football. And, and, and here we are. And looking yeah. for stability, they, are, they, they, don't, they, they lack exactly that at probably the most important position that can swing them one way or the other moving forward. Agreed. This is probably the one question mark you never want to have as a football program is who is the starting quarterback? <laughs> you know, that's got to be where you always can yeah. hang your hat. So I don't know if we've been in this for a while. Yeah, it's probably been oh, a long it, time. It's I mean, been a while. It, like it, like I mean, we talked about earlier, yeah. even in 2013, 14, 15, and 12 and all those years, yeah. we played like a different quarterback every year. Right. But we you knew went, that you guy. You went through yeah. this. Yeah. I mean, you went through this. But, it, but still, it wasn't anytime there was a quarterback change or a decision, it, had, it, it almost had nothing to do with performance on the field. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, guys were never pulled. Yeah. I mean, I played in a game where we had six turnovers. <laughs> we threw probably four picks, two fumbles. Utah State 15? Utah State. I don't want to bring it up. And we still did not pull our quarterback. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's tough. And then you, you have, yeah, that's, that's rough. I mean, even Air Force, Air Force 2014, you get five turnovers. Mm -hmm. You lose by like seven points, even though you have five turnovers. Yeah. Uh, you don't pull your quarterback. And then we go on the next game to win nine and yeah. Nine in a row. And, and Let's bring up, hey, we, we've done enough, you know, I don't, it's not, it hasn't been negative, but we, we've discussed, discussed the tough topics. Mm -hmm. This is Boise State football. There is a chance that, that history shows that they can turn this thing around, right? Focus in on the 2014 season. Uh, you guys go on the road and you open up in Atlanta against Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. and, and it was a competitive game for the most part. But in the fourth quarter, Ole Miss really started to run away with that thing. And um, that was a game where, again, turnovers were a little bit of a problem. You start that season three and two. You bring up the Air Force game. That was the game that dropped you to three and two. And then you never lost again the rest of the year. Fiesta Bowl champs. Is, it, it, I don't know how well – I know that you don't spend every day over inside the Gene Blademeyer football complex with this football team. But what was the key – to seeing that 2014 team take that season opener where not a whole lot, you know, kind of you left that game not feeling great about a lot, and you turn the corner and, and you wind up as Fiesta Bowl champs? Um, the one thing that we always knew, no matter what, you know, uh, people always, you know, do not give this guy the credit, Grant Hedrick, Man. our starting quarterback, you know, Fiesta Bowl champion. He does not get the credit. But one thing we knew, even though we had Grant, was that, if it was going to be muddy and we were on a grass field and we couldn't do anything, we could run the ball. Yeah. No matter what. Like, we could come out and run the ball 27 times, and we did run the ball 27 times with the same back at least probably eight times that year. Yeah. So we knew we could come out and do that. You picked 27 because it was 27, J.H.I.? Both. I, I, think, <laughs> I think, yeah, he 27 with about 27 carries. Yeah. And so we knew he could carry the load. And yeah. so with us having that, teams had to stack the box. And so now it's you're bringing guys in because you got to stop the run. Yep. These guys are bring, bringing guys in because they're like, our quarterback can't get away. We're just going to send it. Mm -hmm. And so now we're going to stop the run, and the quarterback can't get away, so we're going to put pressure on him. We're going to just play man and bring the heat. Yeah. And I mean, so Leave guys like Thomas Spurbeck, Matt yep. Miller outside so, to make plays. And then that's the other thing. So in that – with that season, you had Matt Miller, who obviously was an All-American as a freshman. He got hurt. Yep. Matt Miller got hurt. So Thomas Burback steps up. Mm -hmm. He becomes the new number one guy. And 
we never miss a beat. Right. Thomas Burback goes on to have 200 yards in the Fiesta Bowl. I'm going to give him that extra yards and right. see at 199. But he goes he on to have all those yards in the Fiesta Bowl, and he didn't play until game number five. Yep. He's on the sideline. So yeah. we got to find and someone he, in this group. That can do that. Yeah, that's got to step and, up. And Thomas, man, he had, I, I want to see him. I don't know if this is right, the stat sticking in my head. He had like five career catches for like 40 yards before. I mean, he had virtually no production. They asked him to step up and shine, and, and boy, did he. Turned into mm-hmm. one of the best wide receivers in Boise State history, along with the guy, uh, Mr. 232, sitting over here to my <laughs> left. Um, so uh, you're, you're exactly right. And I kind of think back, Shane, and man, it did feel like Boise State's offense put these opposing defenses in a position where it was like, pick your poison, man. Mm-hmm. And, if, and whatever you pick, we're going to beat you another way. This, uh, this offense now needs to try to get back to that. I'm curious as, as, as we start to wrap this up, what do you think of, of Boise State's offense right now? And I'm not even necessarily saying the execution of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying what they are trying to do on offense right now. What, what is your take on it? For me, it's really tough to see what our identity is after yeah. that first game because after we come out those first two drives with the punt, a quick punt, and then an interception, mm-hmm. I felt like from that point we were now taking a step away from our game plan and just trying to do simpler things, day one, and like I said, day one things, like yep. even the route concepts, they were day one things, yep. just to try to get Hank a little bit of confidence because of where he was, mm-hmm. you know? Got to get him calm. Uh, give them some easy stuff. Usually, if you can hand the ball off and kind of work the ball down a little right. bit like that, that helps, you know. They softened up a little bit. Now we can throw it a little bit, but it, it just felt like mm-hmm. we went the first two drives, and then we go back, and then we throw another pick, and then we go back. Now we're backed up in our own end zone, and then we go back, and we fumble. So it's just like we never got a chance to do anything. Everything, was, like you said, was behind the chains. Yeah. We are always behind the chains. We could never come out with our script because we're off script immediately. One play down, it's second and 13. All right, now you got you know, you got you, two plays to get thirteen. You're, yeah, you're one, you're one dimensional mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. If you run, you're, you're probably. I mean, at best, mm-hmm. now you're what, third and nine. Yeah. You know, so it, yeah, it, that's tough. Well, we'll we'll see if Boise State can can turn this around. Um, I think the task they have this week is a little tougher than what you would normally presume when you see New Mexico sitting there on the schedule. I think it's a good time to play them. I think it's also a better time that in two weeks, Michigan State's not coming to town. Uh, had that been the case, then, yeah. I mean, this could get rocky in a hurry. Maybe. So now instead of that, they, they swapped out that game. Michigan State's no longer coming here. They put in an FCS opponent in UT Martin, and then they go out on the road to UTEP. This is a really good stretch of games to try to get this thing right, and we'll see which quarterback can ultimately take that first step and move forward in Albuquerque on Friday against New Mexico. Again, kickoff is at 7 o'clock. The Bronco Roundup Game Day Show will start live on the field in Albuquerque. We'll start at 6, take you up to 7. we got a jam-packed show that should be a lot of fun. Shane's going to join me every single week here on the Sports Bar. I am so stoked to get this thing back up and running again. And if you can't tell over the last half hour, this dude brings a wealth of football knowledge. Last year, we kind of every every show would kind of wrap it up the same way, Shane. Boise State, I, I've seen them anywhere from a 14 to 17 point favorite. You know how frustrating it is to go against a rocky long mm-hmm. coach defense. And, and this man, I feel like he has a bigger chip on his shoulder than ever because who stops coaching at a school like San Diego State 
moves to coach back at New Mexico to just be a defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a little bit of crazy in there yeah. that, that kind of scares me a little bit. So, so your take on this game, how do you think it goes? I think we – I think, like you said earlier, the Jimmys and the Joes for this game, that's what it's going to come down to. I think we win by 14, 17. I think we're going to come out. We're going to get some things figured out. Uh, we'll win for, between 14 and 17. That's, that's, uh, that's where I think the spread will be sitting for us, okay. personally. I think we can come out with a win. My only thing that I'm nervous about is us playing teams who are not as good as Oregon State for the next few weeks. Do we get some false confidence? Yeah. And so I feel like, these, like you said, it's a good time to get this because we need to figure some things out ourselves on offense, figure out who we are, what we do well, you know, who are our guys. Uh -huh. And I think we'll be able to get something done this week. It won't be like the prettiest thing we've seen because yeah. Rocky Long's going to, you know, throw some wrenches in there. But I think late we'll pull away. I'm going I'm to leave us with three stats here, okay? J.L. Skinner was a bad man against Oregon State, and I don't want to overlook that real quick. 12 tackles, an interception. He's the first Bronco with, with double-digit tackles and a pick in the same game since Leighton Vandrish. That dude was pretty good, right? They got to do something to figure out the ground game. George Helani, 13 carries, 9 yards. A lot of that had to do with pressure, constantly hitting the backfield. Boise State needs to get into a rhythm and pick up off first downs on offense. In the Andy Avalos era, 21 or more first downs, they're 7-1. and 20 or less first downs in a game, they're 0-5. I mean, that, that tells you everything you need to know. And finally, maybe the most important stat that you need to know right now is more of a history lesson. This man right here scored his first career touchdown, I believe, on the road at Albuquerque against Albuquerque. New Mexico State, stuck his foot in the ground, <laughs> got to the pylon. I love Albuquerque. <laughs> I wish I was going to the game. That's home right hey, there. There's some good eating in Albuquerque. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. No this, this is a lot of fun. Again, Shane Williams-Rhodes and myself will be joining you every single week here on Jay's Sports Bar. We can't wait for a fantastic season, at least here behind the mics. We'll let them determine what happens on the field. But thanks again, Shane.